Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome in, Loons fans, to a, I guess you could call it spooky edition of Loon Talk. Spooky. October. Halloween. Spooky. Get it, Dan? Oh, yeah. Get it, Dan? Yeah. 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 I'm trying. Trying a little bit too much. Wow. Because I needed some upliftment after the crap day of soccer that we all had yesterday. Yeah. The skeleton skeleton behind you on the couch agrees. (laughs) It was... It was a bad day if you were a U.S. men's national team fan and a Loons fan yesterday. Let's, yeah. Uh, yeah, let's let's get the housekeeping out of the way. Once again, you are listening to Loon Talk. Thanks for joining us. Again, uh, you can find it anywhere you find your podcasts. Do give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. It does help us get found and gets the word out there of what we're doing here. Uh, this is a Score North production. Dan and I are the radio broadcast team for all Minnesota United matches. So there is that affiliation there. But this into entity is just score north related we are <laughs> no longer affiliated with the team for this next hour or so despite us being affiliated with the team for the broadcast which you can hear on score north on am 1500 score north mobile app and live.scorenorth.com for every match please do join us there dan i guess let's just jump right into it it was a uh, a mixed bag i guess you could say the first 60 yeah. minutes went well went the loons way uh, you got the early goal. We'll get to that in a second. But then the last 30 minutes were just uh, something I don't think I've ever seen in my life watching this sport. And we'll get to that in a moment. But let's let's start off with the good before we get to the bad, because there's going to be a lot well, of bad in this podcast, unfortunately. Right, right. We're just going in chronological order. Yeah, that's I the mean, best the way to do it. the good came first. And so we're really just following the timeline of this game, which was which was a great start. Yeah, I mean, it started off, it was energy. end-to-end action. There yeah, was energy was, all over the pitch. It was, fun. it was fun soccer to watch. It really oh, it was. was. It was outstanding. It was great. The, yep. I, I didn't expect that energy to stay through the entire match, but yeah. that kind of energy, the way the game was playing, it really <laughs> was suiting Minnesota's style at that point. It, they were Minnesota were playing much better through the first, what, 15, 20 minutes or so when the when the action, yeah. when the pace of the game was quick. Uh, you got the early eighth-minute goal by Audrey Nanu, breaking his 240-minute uh, streak without a goal. Um, the quick passing by Emmanuel Reynoso and Fra- Franco Fragapani throughout the entire match was a joy to watch. Um, but, yeah, that, that early goal was was really helped by the, the pace of the play. Yeah, it was. Um, and it was, a, it was a match where going in at kickoff, we were a little leery because there was a last-minute change. Will Trapp's wife went into labor, yep. uh, so he comes out. And Hassani Dotson was going to start at right back. Uh, they move him up to midfield with Ozzy Alonso. And, and DJ Taylor comes in. Now, he's played before, but he's struggled a bit and really doesn't bring a lot offensively to the table. So that was, you know, and then those last-minute changes can be frustrating to players. And, you know, Hassani was planning on one position. And, you know, he adjusted, but it, it takes a little bit. But, yeah, it started good. Pace was good. Uh, Minnesota was pressuring all over the all over the place. It was uh, it was good soccer to watch. And then you get a goal uh, out of the guy. If, if there's ever a guy that needed a goal, yeah, Audrina knew needed a goal. So man, that was like just the way you'd write it up. You know, we come out energized. Yeah. We come out with some 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 pressure. And then the guy who needs the goal the most, the guy with all the weight on his shoulders, scores a goal. Yeah, and let's not just. It was, gloss it over was, that goal. It was man. a really good goal. It wasn't the easiest goal because he still, the ball had to travel through, I think, like two or three Colorado defenders. 
and it goes past William Yarbrough, who's clearly blocked by the defenders, can't get down to it fast enough. It wasn't the easy of, easiest of goals to kick or to get through, but Adrian Nanu well actually well-placed yeah, that goal. Yeah, and that's, like you said, if that's the way you would write it up, if if you're going in, when you're going to that match, what you absolutely needed to happen was exactly how that played out in the first 10 minutes. Yeah, we're finding out now that, uh, you know, now that Franco Fragapane is is healthy, mm-hmm. um, he he's a hell of a player. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's really solid. He's a force, and he puts some really nice passes ahead. So, uh, yeah, everything was great. What could go wrong, right? What could possibly, <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? We got this. It was a beautiful day. Sunshine at Allianz Field. What could go wrong? I sense your foreshadowing here of what could actually go Jeez. wrong. But yeah, the pace after the goal went in, it the pace stayed there for about another five minutes or so, but the pace really slowed down, and that seemed to play right into Colorado's hands as they gained a good foothold into the match and started really peppering Minnesota's net in the final 20 it, minutes or so. It, yeah, it didn't half. slow down, Jonathan. They slowed it down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They, Colorado. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind that, especially after halftime, but even before halftime, um, that was they changed their game plan, and it yeah. was slow this thing down. Let's just take away their speed. Let's not let them keep running all over the place. Because if it had stayed at that pace, uh, Minnesota had all the momentum. Minnesota yep. was at home. They they'd have won that match four nil. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, co- Colorado had to slow it down. Credit to Robin Fraser getting that message across yeah. to his team that yeah. they needed to slow the pace of that game down, and they did absolutely. Uh, and I think Tyler Miller ended the first half with something like six saves in the first half. <sighs> ended the entire match with nine yeah. of them. Which, how many times are we going to talk about him having almost double digit saves in a match and saving yeah. this team? Unfortunately, it didn't happen this week, but he's outstanding. I mean, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Deserves to be up there in. The uh, the goalkeeper of the year award. I mean, he had he gave away a penalty this week, which bad moment by him shouldn't have happened. But we'll get to that in a moment. But other than that, Tyler Miller, pretty damn good game. Uh, left kind of in no man's land on the final goal of the match. Um, but yeah, he had a solid game. Moving on, the start of the second half seemed like the Loons picked it up a little bit, but then um, that ended as soon as the red card happened in the 57th minute. Danny Wilson dragging Audrey Nunu down, who was essentially one-on-one with the keeper, and thus the denial of a clear goal-scoring opportunity uh, foul, which is an immediate red card. Danny Wilson yep. really didn't have much to argue there because it was clear as day. Yeah, it was pretty obvious. Um, you know, but again, we've had this conversation before. When <laughs> first, is for a while, it was offsides. Yep. And we, we just weren't sure. Then it was handballs, and we were still sure. is handball for so, the most part. So, yeah. So, but we haven't had one in a while, so it's not front and center in our mind. The fact that we have no idea what they're going to call and not going to call, and they still don't. So here was a new one. Now all of a sudden, red cards. Eh, just because you get a red card doesn't really mean that much because they look at it, they go to VAR, they look at it, they give you a red card. The league says that was stupid. That's not a red card. So here we go. He goes to VAR, and we're going, it seems like a red card, but I don't know. So, yeah, that was the right call. But in hindsight, uh, Minnesota would have been better off if they hadn't called it because (laughs) because we now have three matches this season with extended time up a man. Yeah. And we haven't won one of them. We got what one one loss, two ties, or two ties and one loss. I can't remember. Two ties, one loss. Win. Either way, it feels like you have three losses because 
as let's get right to one of our questions. It's not the big question. Yeah. The, the big question is coming up later. Okay, um, yeah. Save this that. Question That's is, the way it works. Why do the loons struggle with a man advantage? I mean, it, you can't call it any other way. It's absolutely they struggle when they go up a man. It's Now I believe it's 170 minutes they've played this season, and they've scored just one goal. They've let in three goals in those 170 minutes. Um, and wait, it actually may be more because the Vancouver or the Kansas City match. I don't, I don't remember. No, it's no, it's it's just three goals to one. But yeah, it's they are outscored three to one in 170 minutes of MLS action with a man advantage. I don't understand how this happened. And the one goal they scored is in the very is in the very first minute of those 170 minutes. Will Trap gets the goal in the San Jose match, and they get it based off of the way you're supposed to play with a man advantage. They were stretching San Jose out left and right and had created a ton of space because mm-hmm. of crossfield cross or of all the way across field crosses and left a ton of space in the middle for Will Trap to come into the middle and just shoot an easy pass in to the net. And that's how they scored it. And ever since then, it's almost like they play too narrow in when they have the man advantage. Instead of playing out wide, instead of stretching the field out, stretching the defense out, they yeah. play even narrower than they already do. I, and I have no idea. You know, I, I tried, I was thinking about this uh, the other day and I thought, okay, what, what could, what, what other, what, what's another sport that has a situation like this where you could compare it to and try and make some sense out of it? I can't, Your I can't come hockey. up with anything. Well, I thought about hockey cause you can, you, but you get a lot of shorthanded goals in hockey just right. because of the small surface, the speed of the game. And so you're going to get shorthanded goals. So, I just didn't feel that was a good comparison, um, but there's, there's, I guess there's really no other sport where you play down a man uh, on any kind of a basis. So it, it's really hard to understand. We had uh, um, Manny on the uh, technical director for the club yeah. in our pregame show. I wish we would have had him in the postgame show because I would have asked him <laughs> what is the key because he's, yeah. you know, he was a coach for many years before he moved to the front office, um, Manny Lagos, and. You know, I would like to ask someone like him. I mean, I'm not going to ask Adrian this week. You go ahead if you want to, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Uh, because no matter how you... I like to keep f- my job. No, thanks. No, way, no matter how you phrase that question, it's not a good time to ask. There's no, no way to phrase that without problems. So I would ask someone, why is it difficult? What do you do it different? It shouldn't be difficult. And here's, here's my best guess for spending a, a lifetime in uh, sports um, is that... If you play the way you always play, you probably will be successful a man up. But I think it's the mental part of it. I think that they think that things are different, and so they play different. And if the if the team that's a man down plays it correctly, they're going to have the advantage. But I think it's it's a mental thing. I, I think that's all I can think of is that the team that has a man advantage, for some reason, plays and approaches that play different, and it doesn't work. Yeah, sometimes you, a lot of times you can see it where the team that goes down a man, they kind of get this resiliency about them that they want to keep whatever scoreline it is at the moment, they want to keep it at that, and they just don't want to let in goals. Ah. Generally, they don't get goal scoring opportunities like Colorado did yesterday, and we'll get to those in a bit. But yeah, I mean, if I'm, if I'm Austin, I'm starting with 10 next week. (laughs) 
<laughs> just I, ask the I, ref, hey, can we uh, take I, one of these guys off? Can we play the whole 90 with 10 men? Somebody will walk up and, and tackle somebody that's going on a break clean. And, and okay, <laughs> all right, we're down a man. Minnesota won't score. Yeah, I don't know. They might want to start with 10. Whatever loon player gets the ball first, there's an Austin player just going to go up and deck him and be like, all right, I'll go off. <laughs> we're going to win this him. one. <laughs> just punch him in the face. <laughs> and, oh, man. This yeah, is it's sad. Just, yeah. yeah, it's either laugh or cry at this point. I think, I yeah, you just have to kind of laugh at, laugh through it at this point. But from the 57th <sighs> minute on, when the loons went up, that's when the game completely fell apart. You mentioned the, the nice sunny skies. As soon it as the 57th beautiful. minute happened, all of a sudden, the skies were like, nope, we're going to forebode Cloud, and we're going to tell you what's going to happen. Rolling. Clouds <laughs> rolling over Allianz Field. Yeah. It starts to get I'm dark and gloomy. There wasn't lightning bolts oh, and everything else. That sky was yeah. painting the mood that was about to happen at Allianz Field. Colorado made four subs that changed their shape. Obviously, it needed to change the shape with the man uh, disadvantage. Uh, Michael Barrios, who always seems to wreck Minnesota whenever the Loons play him. I don't like him. Can we just trade for him in the offseason so he can no longer wreck this team when we play against him? Because he'll no he longer be able to play against so us. He's so irritating. He's so irritating, but every time he comes on the field against the Loons, he's just a force and cannot stop wrecking Minnesota. You, you he was can, key on all three goals for Colorado. If he comes to the team, you can uh, borrow clothes from him for your son. So they're the same size. <laughs> <laughs> he, that 5'4", five, five? The, the team guide list, the team guide list him at he is, is very not. generous. He is not 5'4". No, no, he's not 5'4". No, no. Either way, Michael Barrios, uh, key on all three goals, uh, drew the foul from, from Tyler Miller. Uh, we mentioned it, not the greatest of fouls from him. is is really stupid to reach out there. I get he had to do it, but it was just kind of dumb. Um, scored the second one on that extremely quick counterattack that was just essentially two passes and a simple yeah. tap into the back of the net for him. And then the the assist on the third and final goal, super unselfish play by him. He could have just tried and struck that in from 30, 40 yards out, but yep. instead he just heads it to Estevez who just slices it in for the dagger, yeah. just taps yeah, it he in just, for the dagger. He just pushed it on ahead to Estevez because he certainly could have taken that ball, headed it in front of himself and ran onto it. But yeah, that was, that was very unselfish. So he's, I guess he's a nice guy. Then. <laughs> Michael Barrios just absolutely wrecked Minnesota. He's, Probably should have been starting for Colorado. So, so do you think it. he's one of those players that you irritate you and bug you, but then he's on your team, you love him? Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. your best agitators are that kind of guy. Yeah. Everybody, you know, look at Ozzy Alonso. Everybody who doesn't yeah. play with him hates him. Yeah. But if you play with him, you absolutely love the guy. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, But you can't have too many of those guys. Ooh, no, no, no. No. You can only have a couple. So, if you have too many of those guys, then you're just an L.A. team. Because nobody <laughs> likes them, so. So Michael Barrios, already one of their subs, had a good game. Uh Cole Bassett scores the dagger of a penalty kick, which is just the, probably the most confident penalty kick I've seen out of a 20-year-old in the heat of a moment. That's one of the best I've seen in the yeah. last three, four years, man. He just unleashed that thing, and yeah. it was. It, I don't think there's any guessing the right way to stop that shot. No, I don't he, think it mattered. He absolutely just daggered that one, and he plays. He's really good for Colorado. Yeah, he turned down a move this summer because uh, he wanted to stay with the team and see it out, see out this season, see if he could get them think, on a nice playoff run. But yeah, he's going to go yeah. out here up this, this winter and uh, do big things over there. I think last season at the end, even though we ended their season and, and it wasn't a great season, I think a lot of people within that club kind of knew this was coming, that this team was going to get better yeah. and be a, a contender this year. Um, yeah. Well, I don't remember where Robin Frazier said it. Maybe it was on sound of the loons, the pre uh, the uh, pre last game, 
uh, the preview that they had back in Jan- June, whenever that match was, that he said that that he wasn't even disappointed with the three 0 loss at mm-hmm. at Allianz Field last year because he didn't feel it was right that a win would happen for them. Like he felt like the scoreline was kind of justified with where they were at in this process with him um, and the system that he's placing in there. But this season, they are absolutely right where they should be. I mean, he's he's a great yeah. coach, worthy of being up there for the goal or the coach of the year uh, talk. So, yeah, he's a great coach, and Colorado will – I mean, they might have some competition for him this offseason should Toronto try and come calling because he was the assistant yeah, you there never for know. the longest time. So You never um, know. So he may want to go back to Toronto. But, uh, yeah, this was – and I, I really thought earlier this season when I predicted that Colorado would fall out of the playoff picture, I thought they were still the team we beat 3-0. Yeah. Um, and, boy, was I wrong. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, 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 they're sticking like glue to that top three. So yeah, Absolutely. It'll be so, interesting. Colorado did well with their subs, and I know this is a topic that Adrian Heath doesn't like, but substitutions for Minnesota, I don't get them. I didn't get what they were doing yesterday with those substitutions. Pretty questionable. I know we generally try and not question Adrian Heath because, he, like we said last week, he knows more about soccer than we'll ever know. Yeah, but, right. Exactly. But if you look at the substitutions, I and I was saying it in the press bo- or in the in the booth. I don't understand him. You bring in Aguadelo for Adrianu, and we can talk about Adrianu's game. I thought he played well. I thought this was probably one of his better better performances as a starter. And you pull him off, even though he's having a decent game for a guy who's not going to provide you anything. Aguadelo hasn't done nothing has hasn't done anything all year, despite being on the field longer than the other substitutions Minnesota brought on. He had the fewest touches. He had one pass in the opposition half the entire match that he was in. He doesn't do yeah. anything for the team. I don't understand why you would bring him in for Adrian Yunu, who's actually finding dangerous areas and playing really well. And again, and again, I don't have an answer. Um, I don't know what the plan was there. I, I, I understand you sub because players have been yeah. going hard at it for 60 minutes, 70 minutes, whatever, and putting in fresh bodies. But, you know, I'm pretty sure Ethan Finlay could have gone another uh, – 15 minutes at full speed because I think he's in pretty good shape. So I I don't know. This is one of those ones where you just kind of go, Hmm, you know, and you great. We always second guess when you lose, if you win, nobody talks about the substitutions and and that's a tough And Think about it. It's tough to be a coach because you can do everything right. But as soon as you lose a match, then everything's under the microscope. Um, So no, I don't know. I don't know what the, what the thought pattern was there with when you put on, uh, Fernando Adi and uh, Agudelo. There's just no. There's really not much speed there. Well, and and, and, and it goes back to our conversation. What, yeah, yeah, goes back to the conversation of being up a man. You bring on two guys who are just going to narrow the game down in Agudelo yeah. and Fernando Adi. You bring on Adi uh, for Ethan Finley. So basically, you're moving moving Aguadello out to the wing because you're not going to play Adi at the wing because he's too slow. And you're bringing Adi in for his size. So you're up a man and you're the team playing just hoof it up direct route playing or one or direct one playing and just trying to get the ball up, hold up play and get the ball onto Fernando Adi and have him hold it up when you're the team up a man. So you're playing even more narrow than you should. I don't, I yeah. don't understand Fernando Adi. I, I think I've made my, my feelings on him pretty clear. I'm not a fan of him, what he's brought. I was excited because I thought he could bring in the goal scoring that he had in 15 and 16, but he just hasn't been that same player in well, a couple of years at this point. And- Let's be honest. Now we know why he was available. Yeah, we're and, seeing it. And to think that you know we're the only one that saw that this guy, this guy's available and he can still score yeah. goals. No, we were probably just the team that was most desperate at the time. 
And he had three shots on the night, which are. doubled his. He had three shots on the afternoon, which doubled his season total of shots. And I'm pretty sure all three of those shots were yeah. just whiffs. Because every time it looks like he tries to shoot the ball, it looks like he just catches the wrong part of it and just yeah. is a whiff at that time. Yeah, and, and you know, being that there there was not a midweek game last week, and there's not one this week, I think that made it even a little more surprising to me that you take out an Ethan Finlay and and, and then you take out Franco Fragapani, who's probably and, besides. Emmanuel Reynoso, your most dangerous player on the field. He, you know, and some could say he's been the last three or four matches, he's been the yeah. better. So, yeah, it, I don't understand what the game plan was at that point with those particular substitutions. So, um, but we know that it didn't, it didn't work out, you know, yeah. looking back. So, you know, to me, the bigger question is, you know, where is this team at right now? Where are they, where are they at mentally? Well, that you know, actually. I mean, Kind of leads perfectly into the one big question. Are you ready, Dan? Big question. Question, question. Are the Loons a playoff team? They are right now. now. They They are are right now. The answer is yes. What should we do now? (laughs) (laughs) Does this feel like a team with the way they're playing that will end up in the playoffs at the end of the season? Vancouver's been charging. Sure, they lost 4-1 to to Seattle, but everyone loses to Seattle at this point. (laughs) Vancouver's a team that's been charging. Now you had the chance to make that gap four points. But now they're just a point behind you, and you still have to play them at their place later this season. I haven't checked out their schedule to see if it's any easier than ours, but are the Loons a playoff team at the end of the season? I believe they are. Okay. <laughs> Not to have a reason. <laughs> I mean, that helps. <laughs> no, I, I, I believe they were a playoff team all year, which I think most people have thought. Yeah. Uh, I know there's some people that bailed out after they started 0-4. <laughs> But we still hung in there. We believed. Yeah. Uh, mostly just those people really that bailed at o- those p- people that bailed out at zero and four have yeah. pretty solidly been the Heath out crowd, which we obviously have not, and yeah. I'm still not Heath out. No. Um, but no. Yeah. I those people so, jumped off early because they right. wanted to jump off a long they, time yeah, ago. They, well, there's yeah. there's certain we've talked about this before. There's certain sports fans from every sport, and there's a lot of them in Minnesota that for some reason get their jollies out of being negative all the time. And they just want to change everything all the time. And they can't, yeah, they can't enjoy, yeah. they can't even enjoy wins because they find <laughs> something negative to complain yeah. about. I feel bad for them because sports are supposed to be fun. Yeah. And and you got to enjoy the good times. So anyway, are they a playoff team? Yes, I felt they were all season. I And we're going to go through the schedule. Um, I don't think the teams behind them are more than, are all that likely to, to surpass them. And so I think where they are right now, probably where they belong and where they deserve to be. And, uh, you know, yes, I think they will make the playoffs. I think they will get enough points here in the in a final handful of matches to make the playoffs. It may come down to the very last match of the season in L.A. against the Galaxy. If that's what it comes down to, that'll be fun. That'll be an exciting match. I think they are. I mean, it's you gotta at least question it because of how close they are to dropping out of the playoffs. The no, talent, it's... the talent there says they're absolutely a playoff team. The talent there yeah. says they should be in the top of the 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 conversation for top teams in the West. But with the way they've been playing this season, if you take out one of those top talents, all of a sudden it becomes unworkable, and it's just yeah. it baffles me that you can't just 
bring in one or two different guys from here, here or there from time to time, and it still remain the same team. If you're missing even one of those guys, it almost seems like it's just a completely different team that doesn't know how to play. I mean, they did yesterday for the first six, for the entirety of it without Robin Lode, who's probably been one of their best players this season, and they still looked pretty decent. But it broke down and a breaking down. And it's not because Robin Lode was on wasn't on the field, but I mean, they. It seems from time to time if you don't have all your pieces that they just don't know how to operate without all those pieces. And there's always that hanging in the background that you need to be completely healthy and ready to go. Otherwise, this isn't going to be the same team. We've talked about this team's depth before, and it does yeah. has it does have decent depth mm-hmm. except for maybe one position. Um, and we thought the depth was pretty good defensively, but I thought the team really missed Michael Boxel. Absolutely, um, yeah. Brent Coleman has done a great job as that third middle back. And, but I just, I think, I th- and I don't think it's necessarily that Coleman's not good enough. It's just, I think, uh, Baka Edebasi and Michael Boxel have such good chemistry. They know what each other's going to do almost all the time. And, and you can't replace that no matter how good that player is. And, um, I think that that made some difference too. And and DJ Taylor instead of Roman Metinier, that's a downgrade. Um, that's a huge downgrade. So uh, depth, yes, but man, we're finding out in this league, you can't have too much depth. I mean, with international, with players gone for international competition, injuries, um, babies, you know, being born <laughs> at the wrong time, yeah. the wrong time. What the heck was she thinking? Um, <laughs> So, <laughs> so Will Trapp is gone, and so you can't you can't even you can't even anticipate this stuff. Yeah, you know, you can't. So you need more depth. Yeah, and if if Juan Agudelo is the best thing we've got coming off the bench, we're in trouble. Yeah, that's that's why yeah. that question will persist if they're a playoff team. Because if you if you're relying on Juan Juan Agudelo and Fernando Adi to come off the off the bench and try and spark you for a late goal. Yikes, man! That's not good. I mean, you need is, more than is, that. At that point, what 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 was the when did uh, when did uh, Adrian Anu come out? What was that? Fifty eighth, sixtieth? What was it? Do you remember? Uh, I don't have I my don't notes. Remember? Anyway, I don't remember off the top of my head. Do you think here. that at that point he had lost enough and was tired enough where he couldn't have been effective the rest of the way? No, I mean he was still playing well throughout the entire match. I mean, I didn't sixtieth minute he causes. He causes the red card because he's on the run on the fast break. He's still right. finding dangerous areas into the 60th minute. And mm. he ha- I know he hasn't started in a month, but it still seem- it seemed like at that point the fitness was still there. I didn't, I didn't get taken him and off. And he's at, at home point. and he's got a full week to recover. So He's had a full I, week off and a full week yeah. ahead of him to recover. So, yeah. Well, I, I guess I don't, I don't understand any more than you do. But <laughs> at the end of the day, it was a, it was a, uh, it was a tough loss. It was one of the tougher ones we've been through with this team in the last couple of years. Because if you go back more than a couple of years, expectations are so low that none of the losses felt this tough. But now the last two years, two and a half, it's the expectations are there that you'll beat certain teams, that you'll win certain matches. So this was one of the tougher losses this team took. Absolutely. Uh, they will now have a week off to recoup, recover, and get ready for their next match against Austin FC down in Austin. Uh, first time they will travel down to Texas or down to Austin, Texas, to face on the new to face the newest team in the league. 
7.30 pre-match, 8 p.m. kickoff for that one. You can hear that on Score North on AM 1500, Score North mobile app, and live.scorenorth.com with myself and Dan Terhar. Season series split currently with Austin. One win, one loss, both at Allianz Field. Uh, as I mentioned, first ever trip to Q2 Stadium. Austin have won two of their last three, but have also lost 12 of their last 16 matches, 17 losses total this season as they currently sit bottom of the Western Conference. Cincinnati sit five points behind them for the Wooden Spoon, which is the worst team in the league. So Austin FC, not quite the worst team in the league, but they are down there as one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, and we because of the uh, the tough loss at home, it, really the club's in a situation now where they've got to go at all these matches, especially the ones yeah. that at are, are at home. What's left, but at on the road against teams below them in the standings, they've got to look at those as almost like playoff games. Because if you drop a couple more of those then that playoff line is starting to look really, really tough to obtain. So I don't know how you can go into this match without feeling that you have to win. I I mean, you know, they always talk about, oh, just any result on the road, get a draw on the road. No, you you don't don't have that luxury anymore. No, they've they've backed themselves into a corner, and they need three points. And and I I believe they can get three points out of Austin. Um, We saw enough good things on Sunday – to know that this team is better than than the three one result they came away with, but you know, let's let's get down there and prove it. You know, yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, looking up Vancouver's remaining schedules: uh, at home to Sporting Kansas City, away to Portland Timbers, away to San Jose, at home against United, away at LAFC, and they wrap the season up at Seattle. So there may be an opportunity there with that last game at Seattle. They've already lost to Seattle four uh, one mm-hmm. this week. Uh, and at Seattle, at home, anytime you have to go to Seattle, it's really tough. So Vancouver yeah. has a pretty tough schedule down the stretch here, uh, which leads us into predicting the schedule. Dan, you ready yeah. to kind of predict the rest of the schedule? Let me pull up the screen here once I find it. Talk amongst yourselves. Okay, Dan's leaving as I'm pulling up the predicting the schedule sheet here. If you're watching the YouTube video, you can see us uh, in our spreadsheet. Last week we did this. We're going to do this from here on out. Last week, Dan ended their season predicting, what was it, four wins, one loss, and two draws, so <sighs> leading to them leading them to a 14-10-10 record on the season. 52 so points small, on the season. I can't read it. Yeah, sorry, man. <laughs> and then I finished their season 13-9-12, 51 points. 52 mm-hmm. points, you think that's enough to make the playoffs? It might be. All right. It might be. So this week. We're, we're very similar. Yeah, <laughs> we're not far close. off. All right, this week, let's start off with the Austin match, Dan. Predicting yes. the rest of the schedule, yes. you, what are you predicting them? So, I, I said earlier I think they will win in Austin. I'll stay with that. All right, yeah. I, I can't see them losing that one. I'm going with a win either as mm-hmm. well. They should win that one. It's against a team that, as we said, struggles, has struggled all season long. They're, they're an expansion club. Mm-hmm. You should, You absolutely should go down there and beat Austin. So then pretty much every game from here on out besides the last two are separated by three days. So it's just going to be quick turnaround after quick turnaround for the next couple weeks. Uh, That Austin match takes place on Saturday. Then they come home to host the Philadelphia Union on Wednesday, uh, October 20th. Happy birthday to my kid that day. Uh, I will be at a soccer game for it. What are we predicting? There goes goes that dad of the year, another year out the window. Hey, Um, he's got his birthday party this weekend, so we're good. I I don't remember what I picked last time we talked last week, but 
Um, you said a draw. We both said draws. Okay, I'm changing that to win, and I'll tell you why. Really? Because I think we should have our depth pieces back by then. Am I wrong? Am I correct? We'll have them by Austin. You, everybody will be back by Austin? Uh, they should be. I mean, they were last time. They were. Here, here's so. the way I look at it. If they are back, there's a good chance that some of them don't play. For Austin, so I yeah. Feel, yeah. So I feel like some of, the, some of these guys, maybe all of them, will sit, either not go to Austin or not start in Austin. So I feel like that Wednesday game against Philadelphia will be the first one back at full strength. So that's why I'm changing from a draw to a win. I think they'll win that one. They have to win their home matches if this team is going to you know, stay in the playoffs. Looking it up from my notes from the match yesterday uh, for the pre-match show, we didn't get to it, but the Loons Abroad segment, uh, Robin Lode and Yuka Raitala, their next game, their final game of this set is on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so they will have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to get back in town. Uh, so, Roman Metaner's final game was, I believe, yesterday, so he okay. should be back in town shortly. Michael Boxel's last game is Tuesday, and then Dane St. Clair has a game on Wednesday, but he's not starting. So, well, Dane's not playing. But but even if okay, so if they're playing on Tuesday, that gives uh, them enough when, time to get back. If they fly back Wednesday, Thursday, but the team's probably leaving on Friday. So, like I said, I, 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 I think just knowing the way that that this club has handled some of these things, when you've got yeah. a Short turnaround week, I think it's real likely that um, maybe Boxel, because Boxel didn't play much, uh, maybe Boxel gets thrown in right away on Saturday down in Austin. But I wouldn't be surprised if Lowe doesn't start or play and and, and Metonair possibly, I don't know. But it, it, I just think Wednesday against Philly, that's why I upgraded that from a draw to a win. Okay. I'm going the exact opposite. Philadelphia what? are so good this season. They are – it doesn't matter who's out for them. They just find pieces to get them to win. Um, unfortunately, I'm having it as a second home loss in a row for mm-hmm. the Loons against Philadelphia. I just don't – I don't want to be Debbie Downer here, but with the way yesterday Johnny, played out against – Johnny Downer. Yeah. That's what you're being. With the way yesterday okay. played out against a really good Colorado side at home and you had the man advantage for 30 minutes, prove me wrong. I'm sorry. Yep. Prove me yeah. wrong. Philadelphia no, Union I, are too good. I think Philadelphia Union are one of the best teams in the league. They're better than Colorado, I believe, and that one's going to be a really tough game. Philadelphia Union still in the thick of a, a Eastern Conference playoff battle. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be extremely motivated to get a win, and so will the United. So will United. Don't get me wrong there, but I think Philadelphia Union come in and get a win here. All right. Next up, a Saturday. Uh, they'll stay at home Saturday, hosting duties against LAFC. I am going to uh, say that they are able to carry the momentum from a big win on Wednesday, and they will win again on Saturday. You're saying they're going to put together their first three-game winning streak of the season? I think that they can do it. If They have to do it if they're going to you know, solidify a playoff spot. Okay. I like it. Everybody will be back. They're going to be at full strength. So, yep, I think they I'm can agreeing with you. Because LAFC are so bad this season, exactly. They're just they're not the same LAFC that we've known for the past couple of years. No, I think Minnesota coming close. off that Philadelphia Union loss that I given them that okay. I've given them will come in motivated. They're going to want to bounce back. Final two home games of the season. LAFC is one of them. I think they'll get the win against LAFC to move, to boost them up in my standings to I believe forty or forty four points. Okay, now. so excellent. 
Next up for the Loons after that would be a Wednesday trip to Canada, their first time going up to Canada in, I think, two years. So up to Canada to face the Vancouver Whitecaps, who currently right now at this moment sit a point below you in the standings, and they're the next team, or they're the first team out of the playoffs. Uh-uh. Big ol' L? You're yeah. saying... I don't. I just don't trust this team mm-hmm. on the road unless you're playing Austin or someone really bad. Yeah, I don't. Yep. I don't blame you. I don't think. I don't think they'll win in Vancouver. I think I'm ag- agreeing with you. I mean, that's a that's going to be a tough place to go. Vancouver playing so have been mm-hmm. playing so well lately, uh, barring that Seattle game. I mean, put that out of your memory. But for the most part, they've been playing really well since they've gotten all their pieces in from the the summer transfer window. I mean, they've been. They've been yep. really hot since they got rid of their coach. Since they got rid of right. Mark Dos Santos, they've been really good. So I'm I'm giving them an L there too. So that makes them 12, 12, and 8 in the season. Dan, you have them at 13, 11, and 8 going to the final two games of the season. Their final home game of the season, mm-hmm. a noon game on Halloween against Sporting Kansas City. Does it get spooky for you? <sighs> yeah, it does. It does Ooh. get spooky for me. I, I, I you know, I, I – <sighs> I'd be really impressed if they could win again at home against a good quality team. I think they stumble in this one. I think they lose this one. Ooh, two losses in a row coming off that third, mm-hmm. that three-game winning streak. But this is what this team has been all year. Yeah, true. As soon as you think they've got it turned around, then they stumble when you don't think they will. So I'm just trying to keep this flow consistent the way it's been all year. So, yeah, I think they drop that one. I don't think they drop it. I don't think they win it either. I think it's going to be a draw. I think they're going to get at least a point out of it just because it'll be the final game of the season. They'll be coming off that loss at Vancouver. You know you're going to need every single point on the stretch here. Uh, Vancouver will probably have just passed you in the standings. You'll be outside of the playoffs looking in should this play out like we're, we're predicting. And and I think the last time we picked, I picked them to win that one because it was their final home game of the year. The fans yeah, will be did. fired up. But... Now that I this this Colorado loss has changed the way I feel about this the same team's way. confidence at home. Uh, this and, team's and confidence I, in general. I don't I don't feel as good about it. So I think Sporting Kansas City wins that one. What did you go with a draw? Yeah, I went with a draw okay. there because I just yeah I then, I'm hoping that they can fight out something on their final final day of the se- final home game of the season. So that leaves them for you on 47 points going into the final week of the season at LA Galaxy. I would assume they are out of the playoffs based off your loss to Vancouver a couple weeks earlier to that, or a week and a half earlier to that, which means you are fighting for your playoff lives at that point. Exactly how I, and this will even come up and write that down. Um, This will be a road win. Whoa, to end the season. Puts Minnesota in the playoffs and the Galaxy out. Wow. Win. The Galaxy out. I love it. That means all three Texas teams and both LA teams don't make the playoffs. That would be great. Wouldn't that, that would be, be amazing. That would, would be, be incredible. Great. And that and by the way, anybody that predicted that at the start of this season needs to start investing money into their predictions. <laughs> yeah. Nobody nobody predicted that. Wait, hold on. That would mean all three Texas teams and all three California teams don't make the California playoffs. California teams, yes. Wow. I love it. That'd be that'd be incredible. That would be something. I'm thinking it's a road game. This team's confidence has been shaken by the loss and the draw in my final two games or my two games previous to this. I'm thinking it's a draw. I don't know what that would do for them in the standings. It's just too hard yeah. to predict at that point. That would mean in my final seat or my final or my predictions for this week, they'd be 12, 12, and 10 on the season, 46 points. 
I honestly don't think 46 points is good enough to get you into the playoffs. You have him on 50 points getting into the playoffs on the last day. I don't know that 46 points is going to get you into the playoffs this season. Yeah, it might not. So, yeah. Well, you know what? So much can change, though. Like I said, one week from now, if the right teams lose and the right teams win or the wrong teams win, it, it might it'll change everything. It can change everything. So Absolutely. We'll just have to wait and see. But yeah, so That's been predicting that the good. schedule. That yep. was fun. A little bit depressing at the end there, but we'll get past it. We'll <laughs> now move, We'll now move on to something even more depressing, the U.S. men's national team and our look yeah. across the league. Because the only other game that we care about from the league this this weekend was a 4-1 win by Seattle, rather expected from Seattle. They clinched their yeah. 13th trip in a row to the playoffs. Congratulations to them. They're going to be tough uh, to beat. Yeah, absolutely. Just, I think really they're going to come out of the Western Conference again for, I think, the fifth time in the last six seasons. Yeah. Uh, Brian Schmetz are earning every single dollar that he's been given <laughs> over the last several years. Uh, U.S. men's national team have an up-and-down week. Beat Jamaica with a Ricardo Pepe uh, second-half brace. Helps the U.S. top the octagonal at that, moment, at that time. Then they go down to Panama last night in one of the most disappointing performances on October 10th in about four years since they lost to Trinidad and Tobago on October 10th, four years ago, to knock themselves out of the out of the World Cup contention or making the World Cup. So let's just put it this way. Never play on October 10th if you're the U.S. Men's National Team. (laughs) And I thought they had momentum. I thought they had momentum going into this match. Um, No shots on goal. Seven changes to the lineup. Some of them forced due to COVID restrictions from the team's club or the players' clubs. Uh, countries that they play in and nothing yeah. worked all night just a gross performance overall yeah when you told me that he wasn't starting peppy i was thinking well wait a minute this is the kid that that got you here is the, the, the kid that built this momentum so i was a little disappointed in that i was a lot disappointed in that <laughs> i think there's a and lot of people but it was an unexpected loss and those are the worst ones so now the pressure's really on you know to get results so yeah thankfully the loss only drops them to second place in the octagonal because the rest of this group is just eating each other alive. Got lucky. Got yeah, lucky just, yep. Canada's not not winning every game. Mexico's won three games, drawn yep. twice. So yeah, every team's kind of just beating themselves up at this point. So Minnesota or not Minnesota, U.S. men's national team second in the octagonal, eight points out of the first five matches. I don't think that's good enough to keep going at that pace to keep you up to second. You have to start winning more. And as yeah. as we mentioned the last time when we had Cal on, that you can't. We we have to be done with this talk of just get a point on the road in Concacaf. That's all you should expect. Nah. You're the U.S. You want to be the, you want to be the best in the region. Mexico's the best in the region, yes. and they don't go on the road and expect to just get a draw. They go on the road and expect to get wins every time. That's what you should be doing. And the fact that you lost down in Panama, which isn't necessarily the toughest opposite or the toughest road trip you'll have in Concacaf. That's embarrassing. There's no other way to put it. It's embarrassing that they lost down in Panama last night and the, embarrassing the, the way the they did it. The already hates us, so we might as well win. <laughs> yeah, we might as well make it yeah. make him have a good reason for hating us. Right, right. Yes, give him a good reason. So, uh, Next up, Costa, host- Costa Rica on Wednesday. Is that correct? Yeah, Wednesday. Yep, Wednesday at so, Col- or in Columbus. So, so huh? that, that turns into a must-win game. <laughs> Right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you yeah. have to go in and get six point, at least six points out of this. We were saying yeah. last week you should have gotten seven points out of the out of these they three left, games. They but... left some points. You can't leave points out there every week. So, no. uh, yeah, Wednesday what they becomes did. a must win. That's what they did the last time, the last World Cup qualification, <clears throat> and you saw yep. what happened. They yep. bombed out of the World Cup and better start it. better start Ricardo Pepe on Wednesday. I mean, you gave him the nine. You gave him almost ninety minutes off. I mean, he came on in the final stages of that game, but well, too late. Game off, yeah. Too late. 
Not too late for write that down, Dan. Let's. Another. I've got so much. Look at this. I've got so much stuff written down. I don't even know which ones go. to use. Right, I'm going to play off you because you go first this week. Uh, I think you go first because I went. First no, last week. really. Yeah. Damn it. Fairly positive. Uh, let me pull up the right. Yeah, Stop. probably. Right, here you go. Write that down if you haven't been paying attention. Is our weekly soccer-related prediction segment. We'll each make three soccer-related predictions. At least one of them has to be Minnesota United-related. Uh, we'll keep track of the correct. Uh, predictions throughout the year. We'll call them goals. Most goals at the end of the season will win the highly coveted golden boot. Before we get to our predictions, time for a little accountability session because we keep track of these predictions. So we'll note when they're right and we'll also note when they're wrong. Dan, not a lot coming off the board this week, but barely coming off the board in the good segment. Uh, For you, Dan, you said U.S. Men's National Team will get wins against Jamaica and Panama. I thought really good going into that Panama match, and then Panama match ninety. That ninety minutes happened, so that's too bad. You went wrong there. I said only one goal will be scored on Sunday at Allianz Field during the ninety minutes. I didn't say who it would be, and Mm -mm. for sixty minutes it looked like I was dead on. (laughs) You you were in pretty good shape for a while. For sixty minutes, I looked like I was dead on, and then. Colorado went down a man, and all things changed for the good for them somehow. Yeah. Uh, U.S. men's national team, I said, will take at least seven points from the next three matches. That's impossible because they didn't get a point uh, against Panama last night, so they can only get six as a max. And then I did say Ricardo Pepe will score in this upcoming window of matches for the U.S. men's national team. Well, he scored twice against uh, Jamaica, so that worked out for me. So that means our... Record for this se- records for this year. I'm up to 17 goals now. You're on 15. The guests are on four this season. That's where we stand so far. Time for our predictions. All right. Man. So I'm up first. You're up first. All right. Minnesota's goal differential by the end of the season will get to even or better. They're at minus four right now. Okay. They're going to get that to even or better. Hold on. I'm going to let me see this. Pulling up our predictions again. You gave them four wins once again. Four wins, two mm-hmm. losses. I could see it happening. Yeah. I think defense is going to tighten up. They score. They're going to score a few goals to get those wins. So there you okay. go. That's number one. Write that down. That's number one. Write this down. Minnesota will beat Austin this week by two goals. Ooh, scoring. That means we've got to score at least two, Jonathan. Do you realize at what least you're saying? Two. Yeah, I, oh I know. Oh my what I'm god! Saying. I'm going crazy predictions again. I have the lead. I'm you, I'm taking swings again. You are awesome. <laughs> wow, write that down. We have That's... to we've gone from wanting them to score three to now just hoping that this they is, can score two. This is this is the club that two goals is considered an outburst. <laughs> <laughs> All this right. is true. All right. Now my Next second, up. write that down. USA versus Costa Rica Wednesday. Yep. Minnesota, or Minnesota. US has shut out Costa Rica three straight times. Mm-hmm. The last three times they've played. They will get a fourth straight shutout. I like it. USA blanks Costa Rica on Wednesday. Write that down. My next prediction, I was going to wait for the third one for this, but since you went U.S.-Costa Rica, I'll go. Okay. I'll piggyback off that a little bit. U.S. men's national team will beat Costa Rica by three goals. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. So if it's 3-0, we both get a point. Yep. Okay. That could happen. Write that down, Dan. History would show that that could happen, so. All right, so uh, let's see. I got one more. All right, let's go here. Why not? As long as I already threw this out there. Uh, My last one, Western Conference standings. Because of that win by Minnesota on decision day, Mm -hmm. that will leapfrog Minnesota over Vancouver into sixth place, 
Vancouver will finish seventh, and the Galaxy will not make the playoffs. Write that down. Okay, you're going to have to email Lisa me because I'm not going to be able to remember that to write it down. <laughs> oh, I'll remember if I'm right. <laughs> I'll just go back and listen and try and write it down. Uh, I like it. That's a that's a ballsy call. That's one where you're pulling my strategy and just leaving it until the end of the season. Might as well. I like it. I like it. Although I've I've gone and looked back at and looked at some of the ones that I have hanging out there waiting waiting to hit. Yeah, yeah they're not going to hit. There's not a lot that are going to hit. I'm looking at Chicharito's them right now. Chicharito's not going to win the Golden Boot. I have Adrian Anu will score double digit goals this season for right Minnesota. Now. What? Oh, go sorry. Go ahead. What? I have Adrian Anu will score double digit goals this season for Minnesota. Not going to happen. He's on four this season. It's not going to happen. He's not scoring six goals. Wouldn't it be great if f- he did? Oh, <laughs> if if that happens, they're making the playoffs. They're going oh, on a yeah. run. Oh, uh, yeah. I, yeah, as you mentioned, Chicharito will be leading goal scorer of the season. Uh, it's not going to happen. Olakamara's on 17 Bear. goals. Bear. Uh, I said Dane St. Clair will have at least four clean sheets for Minnesota this season. Who? That's not going to happen. Who? <laughs> if oh, this team was further kid. up the playoff standings or the Western Conference standings, <laughs> then yes, Dane might get some games, but it ain't going to happen now. They need Tyler Miller. Yep. I also said they'll finish third place or higher in the Western Conference season. I don't think it's mathematically impossible quite yet, but it's pretty logically impossible at this no, point. It's not going to happen. Yeah. There's a lot that I have out there that's definitely just not going to hit. Um, <laughs> so I'll finish up, write that down this week. Adrian Anu will start against Austin, and he will score or assist. Oh, okay. All right. So he'll provide a goal in some shape or fashion. All right. All and right. that's like not you. an MLS assist because we know how much I hate MLS assist stats. It's yeah. the actual primary assist, Let not the go. hockey assist. Let it go. Let it go. You're fine. It'll be okay, really Jonathan. Singing Frozen? It'll be okay. It'll be okay. Um, that you shows really you've got a lot of Frozen? confidence in you've got a lot of confidence in number number twenty three. So that's good. That's good. I hope you're right. I hope he is confident. So I I hope he's confident too. I mean, hopefully yeah. that goal yesterday and his play in general yesterday sparks him to start scoring a bunch of goals and hopefully yeah. get up to double digits. That'd be awesome. That'd be great. I don't think it'll happen, but it'll be great. All right. Let's so that's been it. write that down. That has been Loon Talk for this week. Thank you for listening. Again, give us a rating, a review, and a subs- uh, subscription anywhere you find your podcast. Also, we do share or stream this video over on Scornor's YouTube feed. Go check that out. It comes out probably a day or two after we post the podcast version, so go check that out as well. Give us a rating, a review, and a subscription over there. It really helps Score North out. Dan, I will talk to you on Saturday for Minnesota United at Austin FC. Can't wait for Saturday night. Have a great week. 7.30 p.m. pre-match, 8 p.m. kickoff over on Score North on AM1500, the Score North mobile app, and live.scorenorth.com. Loons fans, we will talk to you then, and we'll talk to you next Monday right back here for Loon Talk.